and here we are at Two Save Queens, and the revolution is here, y'all. I hope y'all ready. I hope you got your back. We ready, bitch. Mace. We ready. ready. It is here, bitch. It's time to go out there and do what we need to do. I'm Miss Malachi. I'm joined by Miss Devereaux. Miss Devereaux, you ready? You out there? You doing what you need to do? You taking it to the man, girl? Oh, uh, well, oh, you know, <laughs> bitch, I just been inside reading my Bible, bitch. I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what part of Revelations we're living in, girl, you know. <laughs> what about you, girl? What, you been out there now? What's the curfew in LA now, girl? Is it at what, 2 p.m., 1 p.m., noon? What's the tea, girl? <laughs> I know we were talking because there was this one moment where we were on the phone and it's like, oh, there go that curfew, it's 6 p.m. <laughs> then like 10 minutes later, it's like, oh, no, it's 5 p.m. Then t- 10 minutes later, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's 4 p.m. Yeah, she been getting up. Well, so what is it now, you know, LA... girl? What is the curfew now? <laughs> I think it is still technically, you know, I'm not even gonna lie. I don't even know what it is now. Because the thing is, LA is like a city of cities. So then different cities are having different um different uh curfews so like one time it was like la had a 6 p.m curfew but then glendale which is like a city up north had a 5 p.m curfew and then santa monica might have a different curfew so i honestly don't know but i just made sure i had my ass home um you mentioned you thought it might have been one yeah i mean Uh, i I heard from the girls that it was 1 p.m in la proper but who what do i know girl i'm on the other side of the country well you know. I was well to to be honest. I was out there, girl. I I finally made my way out there because I had been. Yeah, I felt it in my spirit. I was like, I need, you know, I bitch, I can't just miss the revolution. I can't be sitting at home while we really out here doing it. So I was like, let me get out there. And I'll be honest with y'all, I was only out there for an hour. But you're about uh, that life, girl. <laughs> you're that girl who's about that life. You really are. I am, but I also am like, bitch, I don't, I'm not ready to lose no eye. Like, this skin, I'm still trying to hold her together. Like, these cops out here are doing the fucking most. And I'm just like, y'all not about to take me out here too early. Um, But I still felt like I needed to, like, so these last couple of days, like I have been donating, I've been donating to a lot of bail bonds, which is a, a great thing for y'all who have the means but aren't able to, um, you know, not everyone can put their bodies on the line. And even me, I, I could only, only want to do, you know, so much even in that respect. But, you know, there's so many donations that are going to like Black Lives Matters and the bail bonds for the people who are, you know, putting themselves out there and getting jailed. That's valuable. But for me, I think there was something about just, just needing, after spending, I just was, consume with social media and again we're not going to take up too much this is going to be a little bit of a different show because of that fact it's like it's just inundating us in such a way that for me i was like i just need to see it for myself Mm -hmm. i need to feel that energy Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. and so and the night the one thing the thing was it was actually really nice because they started um it was at hollywood and vine which is like right in the dead center of hollywood it's like where um the walk of fame well yeah the walk of fame is like well, Walk of Fame runs along Hollywood, but it's one of the areas there. And it was really just like walking, like it was like a three, four block march. Um, it was so nice to see all types of different people, um, a lot of young people. Um, and for the most part, it was pretty peaceful, actually. Just people just marching and chanting and just, you know, there are a lot of people that even if they weren't marching or handing out waters and a lot of people had on masks, girl. You know, I had two because I had my Miss Deborah on the back of my mind. Oh, yeah. You so know how I, I am had... about those masks, girl. I do not play yeah. when it comes to the mask. You know how I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I even tried to um, I tried to be on the outer edges um, for the most most of the march. So you could, so you could escape, for... girl, just in case. <laughs> 
So it had a dual purpose. So if she had to run, she could do what she needed to do. But also, you know, we still we still dealing in the times of Miss Corona, Miss Corona. Right, so like, right. let's not play. Um, like it's not real, especially as Black and Brown people. And and we so, know a girl. Um, we know a girl who didn't run when she probably should have, and she got caught up. She got arrested in New York, right? So yes, yeah, yes, yes. she was too close. And she's out. She's out. But she. I heard she was she was in it. She was in it. So I think also, you know, there was some fires, maybe some cop cars on fire oh, okay. and she didn't take that hint. But still, I don't think, you know, at that point, cops are just if you if they if you give them a reason, if they have if it's gone left, they're ready to go in on that ass. Um and actually that's why I like well, I also need to come to record the show. So we're recording on Tuesday. Uh we record on Tuesdays, but um there was like that moment where like okay we're peaceful we're just marching and then the cops show up and it's so interesting that that is actually the switch like and of course this is like a march against police brutality but like once the police show up it's like the crowd just switch like it almost their very presence almost antagonizes and of course it's like they're not just gonna show one or two officers no there's like ten squad cars there and then. I'm not gonna lie to you. It did feel kind of tense for a minute, and because you're seeing like, because they do, you know, the real ones, the ones who really bought that life, they get up there. They are right oh. in front. They are less than six feet away from those police officers. Do they have the? Do they um, have the visors on the police officers? They had all that riot gear on, or not? Actually, uh, I should check my phone because actually, I don't think some of. The, I don't think they weren't. They weren't giving, which I also think was part of it is that of them trying not to escalate. Oh, it, is that they weren't giving full riot gear, good. so they weren't giving full riot. I think some of them did have. I think some of them did have like the face shields, but they weren't given riot gear. Um, and for the most part, actually, they were kind of like they didn't even have their like kind of guns out or anything like that. Um, and even with people coming close, um, because you know one of the things about peaceful protests, which has been the thing that like c- cops either don't care or aren't getting, is that the fact is us being peaceful and then you all being the ones to make the move, which often they were. Get, justifies what we're doing. It shows us who you are. Um, so in this case, I'm glad that they didn't take it there because it was a really, it felt like a really tense moment because it was like, basically, it almost seemed like they were blocking the march from happening because I don't think we had no permit, girl. I think people were just like, we taking over Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so it was like, they really, they, it did seem like they were blocking us. And then it just kind of seemed like, okay, we're cool. Like, it seemed like, okay. Like, cause it, like people started kneeling, like there was a kneeling moment um, and, the, and the chanting got louder. Um, and by this point also, like I had been there almost, it was almost actually 45 minutes an hour by the time the police showed up. Like maybe there were a couple before that, but before our real presence showed up. Um, and then, so they were already, it was already becoming a bigger crowd also by that point. Uh, and more helicopters were overhead. Um, and it seemed like, then it just kind of like it's almost like this relief happened where it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna, like I don't know if it was like they were gonna let us keep marching or it was like we're just gonna keep marching and they're not gonna stop us but it just kept going um, but the other reason why I was also like maybe it's time for me to go is like on, like less than a street down I could also see Miss National Guard oh. and I think yeah, that was get, a more surreal get thing get out bitch get out when you see the, because the soldiers think, girls time to go it really is yeah, yeah because I think that like living in LA I, I tell you living in any but definitely LA LA, certain cities, you know, like LA goes hard. Like there's been times that I've been in LA and you will see 20 cars because LAPD just goes hard on stuff. So you'll see. I mean, they've had a a lot of riots in LA in the past. Yeah. But even, even sometimes for like a chase for not right, like LAPD will just bring out 20 police. So you're kind of used to maybe seeing a lot of, even that's still kind of not 
it's still unnerving, but you'll it'll happen. Um, but when you're seeing like something that you usually see on TV or in movies, when you're seeing those trucks and those like those kind of gray brown caravans and stuff, you're like, oh no, this is this is something different. And you're seeing that here in the middle of Hollywood or in the middle, like there's been photos of like Humvees along Sunset Boulevard and stuff like that. You're like, this is wild. And in some ways that also was like something I need to see with my own eyes. Cause when you're taking it in on TV, it still doesn't even do it justice. Um, but Well, you were in the trenches, girl. I'm proud of you, honey. <sighs> I, I really yeah, am. I, I'm, yeah. I'm proud of you. Um, and and to be and to be honest, like for people, you know, I had a friend who was like, "Oh, you know, good for contribute." And I honestly don't feel like, girl, I was like that for now. It doesn't feel like much, but it's still something. But also, you know, not every protest is you gotta. Not every protest is for you because the ones I really, the one I really wish I had attended was there was a Black Lives Matter protest on Saturday that I had some friends go to, because I kind of want to, you know, there are different. We've been talking about, or <laughs> some of the media has finally caught on the fact that like there are different aspects to some of these protests that maybe are not always in good faith. And so you don't want to get caught up in a protest that maybe it's just some white influencer trying to make a little, you know, get a little clout. Like you got to do the ones that are co-signed by a real community organization that has been doing the work for years. Um, So that's why generally I wasn't even sure I was going to go to this one, but um, I randomly found out about it online. And it seemed like YG, like the rapper was gonna was actually the one promoting it. And then I don't even think he ended up coming, but I was like, I'm still gonna check it out. And it actually turned out to be a really nice experience. But um it's not for everyone, for sure. There's different ways of contributing, there's different ways of putting yourself out there and marching and protesting is just one of those ways. So so what is Miss Twenty Twenty giving you, girl? Is this is this the year to be out there marching? Is this what do you what do, what do you think about Miss Twenty Twenty? Honestly, I think it's about surviving however you can for me. Um, but I, child, you, so we have, you know, we've been trying to keep our bad news, good news segment. And I was, I was racking my brain for good news. I feel like Miss 2020, she just, I just feel like, and I'm already that kind of like down girl, that dark you girl. You are that like, girl. She's not helping. She's you not helping. You are that girl. I'm really yeah. like, I'm like, bitch, she, this is June, bitch. We still June. And like, that's why people are like, oh, you know, we got to make sure to vote. Vote? Bitch, that's five months away. Well, what about right now? <laughs> like, y'all talking about vote? I get it. Yeah, vote. But what's that going to do right now? So it feels, I don't know. It, well, I, it, I would just. I had, I've been having trouble sleeping. Um, yeah. And I think that, like, ultimately what has helped is just, like, for me, again, I think people will find their own ways of dealing. But for me, like, I had to go to the ancestors. I had to be like, people have dealt with even, and it doesn't mean that, like, it's okay that we have survivors. But for me, like, I was, like, watching some, like, Toni Morrison interviews, some Jay's Baldwin interviews. And that was helping me feel a little hopeful, or just not even hopeful, but a little bit, like, we can come through this. Right. We will go through this. We right. can survive this. Or we can thrive in this. Thrive in quotes. Some of us. I think thriving is even harder. But still, I think it's still something. But you're a hopeful girl, yeah. girl. I feel like you're... You, I can't believe you... I never would have thought that for as paranoid as you are, you are... Every time we've talked since everything really popped off at the end of last week, you have been way more optimistic than me. Well, you honestly. know, I, I just don't feel this year is all bad news, girl. I just feel like... You know, we both know a black queen who just got an amazing journalism job. Yes. You know, yes. she just finished her fellowship True program. True black boy joy. True black she boy She just joy. finished her fellowship program. And it's hard to get a job in journalism right now. And she just got an amazing job. So mm-hmm. three snaps to her. 
<laughs> then, you know, another LA queen I know, her name is Miss Sam Prater. She founded a nonprofit called LA Room and Board, and she just opened up this beautiful new house for homeless college students. Now, I don't know how she afforded oh, wow. a house in LA. I think she raised some big money, but, you know, I know that was no easy feat in Los Angeles, and so. I just thought she just kind of just showed her her new house online that she got for the homeless college students. That's really her. She works in higher ed and that's been her, you know, that's really been her calling and I'm so proud of her. Oh, wow. And um, I'm just not really giving up on 2020, girl. I just think it's too early to give in and just start sucking white dick again. I'm not I'm not (laughs) going back, girl. I mean, I think there's a, a few good things that can happen this year. So I think on the local level, I think. I think something is going to come out of these protests. I think a different kind of policing, at least maybe in the major cities, is going to come out of this. And even if it saves, you know, 30 black and brown lives a year, that's a huge deal. You know, I'll take it. I will take that. Um, I will take that. I also think maybe a corona vaccine or an effective treatment might come by the end of the year. So there's that. Oh, you are so optimistic, girl. Look at you. Come on. Come on. Tell me, Give me more. You tell know, me more. I, and I, I just think I'm hopeful that we're going to get a new old white man as president. Um, versus the one we have now. Oh, God. And so I'm not oh, giving up God. on 2020, girl. Not yet. I'm I'm keeping that faith in Jesus' name, girl. In Jesus' name. Oh. Okay? So. <laughs> well, off the back of that, you know, we got to then keep the good, you know, the good energy, the good vibes flowing. So we're going to do a different type of show because even though we are a news and political show, and I sometimes regret that every other day, <laughs> but <laughs> we are going to keep girl, it. Girl, this was your you idea, know, ho. Focused. So you saying you regret this shit? I, this was your. You were like, bitch, we should do. You're like, how, what about housewives or a cultural pop? I'm like, no, bitch, we need to be in this moment for news and politics. And then it's like, oh, news is garbage. And now I'm all into it, bitch. And you, you know, you done retreated. I like. Can we talk about housewives? You don't even watch that goddamn show, bitch. I know. Uh, but we are going to stay with the good vibes and uh, so we're only doing good news stories because you can turn on any news outlet listen to any news show and hear about the bad news um, and we are going to give a moment to speak on the things that have happened um, or the lives that happen lost but for now like let's keep up with the good vibes um, and the good news amen amen girl thank you thank you so First on our list is Fulton County District Attorney Paul Howard has announced excessive force charges, including aggravated assault, assault against six Atlanta police officers for violently pulling two black college students out their cars and tasing them. And I, as I read this, I was like, oh, I saw that video. It was horrific. horrific. Uh, it, it was it was like, I think they both smashed the windows. They would did not even really even allow them to try and figure out what was going it seemed like they were actually leaving the protest so they were leaving yeah they were like, but stick to the good news girl stick to the good news <sighs> sorry 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 bring it back bring it back bring it back so video of this police brutality circulated widely as we just talked about it um miss mary keisha lance bottoms expressed her outrage at the officers involved um the victims was a 20 year old spellman college student named tanya pilgrim and a 22 year old morehouse college student named messiah young come on messiah lead us um, lead us lead us bitch <laughs> Lead they said they were happy to have these monsters off the street so two of the officers have been fired i hope it was ones who were tasing them and four remain on desk duty which again is still something so i'm gonna count that as good news good news indeed and also um jay-z through his philanthropic arm or philanthropic arm team rock 
has partnered with parents of black men murdered by the police and organizations, including the Innocence Project, to take out a full-page ad in newspapers across the country to honor George Floyd. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the ads feature a passage from Martin Luther King's 1965 speech in Selma, Alabama. The letter in the ad is also signed by Angela Ride, Michael Eric Dyson, uh, Ebony K. Williams, and attorneys Lee Merritt and Benjamin Crump, along with Charlemagne the God. So he's got some real star power uh, in that. And so I think it's going to be in the New York Times. It's going to be in a bunch of the, the largest papers in the country in circulation. So that's a pretty big deal. I love that. I'm curious what passage they he was highlighting do you know yeah you know i it's a passage i'd seen before um definitely i'm I'm assuming it's not the one just focusing on like little black boys and little black girls no no it's not that not really we're not yeah (laughs) that's not 2020 girl no i I think it's something related to like protest and righteous Mm, righteous protest and yes so do you know when it's going to be out tomorrow tomorrow so tomorrow i okay, think great. so okay. we're recording on so Tuesday. our tomorrow as in wednesday yeah so wednesday wednesday for the listeners wednesday. okay great so today i great. believe oh so maybe i'll be able to like have the link when i post the show but even still it's something that you all can look out for um and i'm i'm familiar with michael eric dyson because he was teaching at um a college that we went to around that same time indeed with, at least i was indeed. there did you ever take um, do you ever take his class girl uh, oh, oh my goodness! I'm not. Sh- you know what? I think I audited his class. Okay, because I think his classes were really they hard were hard to get, to get into because the girls loved him. He used to have classes like um, on Tupac. This is back in like the early 2000s, yes, early yes, mid two, yeah, like mid two thousands, really when when we were in college. But yeah, he he used to have like really innovative classes about hip hop and Tupac, yeah. and it was hard to get in. Like you usually had to have senior yeah, status, so. It was hard. so yeah so i think i just uh, and i became friends with one of his tas who's like a white queen um who since anyway we're not, not gonna be messy <laughs> anyway. oh girl but, um... oh, no. <laughs> no you know i just always think sometimes again this gets to that moment of like someone who is so engaged with blackness or black culture i sometimes have those moments where i'm like when those white people then end up with other white people i think that's like something lost oh. not to say the like but it's just something where it's like Anyway, you go in there, girl, because there's I mean, we know a few girls like that. It's not. Well, I mean, but in but in to be, I guess to it's just a little disappointing when I saw I mean, they're married now. So I'm like, but we know we know some we know a a few white queens who are about that life talking all that good talk about blackness and black rights and anti-racism and they end up with other white queens i mean yeah i think there's just something i always find fascinating about the ways in which people don't see intimacy romance and person that personal side of the lines as political when i think that's just as political as who you vote for who you go to bed with but oh i just that's how i I just view those things a little differently. But we are getting off yeah, subject. Yeah, we sure so are. Let's bring that up we another sure time. <laughs> so moving on from that, um, Mr. Bob Johnson, who became America's first black billionaire when he sold BET um, to Viacom in 2001, called for $14 trillion in reparations. Say it again, reparations. Reparations, yeah. Uh, for black Americans in a CNBC interview uh, this past Monday. Uh, Johnson, who has met with and has the air of Donald Trump, has said that wealth transfer is what's needed. Um, Johnson said, think about this. 200 plus years or so of slavery, labor taken with no compensation. That is wealth transfer. Denial of access to education, which is prim- which is a primarily uh, 
which is primarily a driver of accumulation of income and wealth, that is wealth transfer. Uh, so I think that was really important for him to talk about that because I think sometimes we don't, we just always think about, not we, but I think some people always think about slavery as this traumatic, this like, you know, white subjugating blacks and things like that and not thinking about why it exists so long, why the South fought so hard to not let it go. It's because it was a business. It was a money-making endeavor that, to this day, people continue to benefit from the legacy of. Um, so for him, he's saying $14 trillion would be the equivalent of 7% of only one year of the U.S. GDP. And one possible source of funding is government spend using modern monetary theory. And this is an economic program that's been promoted by progressive politi- politicians like Rashida Tlaib and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, so Rashida Tlaib, who is, you know, one of my Tlaib, one sorry. of my local area congresswomen, she was talking about minting a $2 trillion coin to pay for, you know, additional relief during the coronavirus pandemic for people supplemental checks of, I think, $2,000 a month for every American. And so, you know, modern monetary theory is probably something we'll, we'll touch on in another show. But um, basically, that's just saying that, like, uh, the government can issue unlimited amounts of money, right? So we can invest in all the social programs and all the social spending that we want because the government basically has unlimited ability to create money. Um, and so $14 trillion, if we're using modern, modern monetary theory is nothing really because mm-hmm. money really, money is just a construct that comes out of thin air really, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I kind of, I, I'm a big believer in MMT or modern monetary theory myself, but, um, just in some more good news though. Yeah. yeah. And I just love, I just love having reparations continue to be in that conversation. I know it really, um, thanks to Tenaheshi Coes, it really has gone more into public consciousness um and even other people i think beyond beyond him but i just love hearing about it um because i always find it so frustrating how for some reason that's where our imagination stops like we want equality but we don't want to compensate for the pain that our ancestors and that we continue to face to this day so i've always and i think part of that is this feeling that certain black people feel like oh we've moved past this or we're beyond this or we're in this post-racial society so we should let bygones be bygones and i'm like fuck that and obviously it's become really clear that we haven't moved as far past this as um some people think so and you know it's funny because i acre and a mule yeah 40 acres and a mule you know i i um i learned about reparations in 2000 so i was like i was it was after my freshman year of high school and i interned for one of my local congressmen uh the now deceased john conyers and he was advocating for reparations in Congress way back in 2000, so 20 years ago now. And that's how I learned about it. And I actually, that was my my internship that summer was basically studying reparations. That was like at least 40 to 50% of my internship besides wow. answering phone calls was studying like it. studying like studying how it happens globally or just studying the possible like how the possibility it has happened in the past. Because obviously like with it has actually happened in the states, and, and you know, with Japanese Americans, with the with their internment that happened. Um, was that after? Or was that during or after World, around World War? II? Yeah, after World War Two, the internment happened after during World War Two, and then the the reparations right, right. were after. But yeah, so I would study. I would study in history, like in American history, had there been reparations for various groups, which there had been, and then also what was the feasibility of it, and what are some ways of distributing. Um, reparations so you know i wish i i think i might even have that in an email somewhere i really want to go back and look at the paper i wrote for that but in some more good news too um state level republicans and gop gop political operatives are concerned about president djt pushing mail-in ballot conspiracies and 
delegitimizing mail-in voting. So they worry about, uh, they worry that Republicans will take Donald Trump's verbal degrading of mail-in ballots um, seriously, and that'll discourage them from voting by mail. <laughs> that'll discourage them from voting by mail while motivating Democrats to do so. Um, and so the 2020 presidential election will inevitably see more mail-in voting than ever before, even if the GOP successfully waged court challenges against it. So even with court challenges, there's no way that mo- mail-in voting is going to be invalidated in 2020, even with this conservative Supreme Court we have right now. Um, mm-hmm. But with Trump discouraging mail-in voting, Democrats are primed to benefit from it. So that's definitely good news. I mean... Yeah, and she's been going in on that. I know I a couple of people, if you have... I mean, who wants to literally see Trump when you don't need to? But there was this moment in an interview where someone, a reporter brought the fact like, uh, Mr. President, didn't you vote mail-in voting? Oh. And he was basically like... Uh yeah, but I'm me, like AKA I'm a white man. Uh, <laughs> but you know who else voted Miller, and she's she's been talking trash about it too. Is um his new uh, press secretary Kaylee McEnany? She's like Miss Kaylee. Yes, she voted Miller. Uh, she's voted absentee like eleven times. It was some crazy amount of times. I will say she looks like a bitch. Like in a like that's a white bitch, which I wish she was that. Like. She looks fierce, but she's a mess. She does. She's she does mess. look fierce. I'm not gonna lie. You're right. She. Yeah, she's a pretty. She's a pretty yeah. Bitch. She's a pretty that. bitch. But, but you know, she actually. Those are the ones. Yeah, those are the they're ones dangerous. You watch. They be the they're ones. They're dangerous because you know Miss <laughs> Megan Kelly, Miss right. Tammy. Because Miss Sarah Sanders. Yeah, I don't think Miss Tammy is. Cute. Think about Miss Sarah Sanders. We weren't. We weren't really. Nobody was really standing for her like that. Right? <laughs> she's out there looking like a cow. Like. <laughs> I mean, don't do this. Don't no, do I'm this. serious. Don't that bitch definitely she... looked like a cross between a pig and a cow. We she <laughs> we have to keep it real. And so nobody was really, you know, standing for her. But this girl, she's fierce. And she, Miss Kelly McEnany, before she was on Team Trump, she she used to have videos out there. She was one of those Republicans against Trump in the very beginning, like in 2015. So there's actually videos of her talking shit about Trump. Uh, and now and now she was brought into the fold she came around girl she sure did they always do that's what what whiteness will do exactly whiteness will do and we have some more good news uh as of tuesday evening white supremacist congressman steve king of iowa was defeated in the gop primary by state senator randy feenstra uh so steve king is well known as a white supremacist in congress um, he's endorsed a number of white supremacist policies. He's done interviews with white supremacist media types and bloggers. Um, in January 2019, he even questioned why being a white nationalist or white supremacist was such a bad thing. Um, he supports all of Trump's, you know, hardline anti-immigration policies and more. Um, and so he's just a very dangerous man. Uh, because of his remarks in January 2019, questioning why white nationalism and white supremacy were such a bad thing, he was actually stripped of all his House committee assignments by the GOP, and now he would no longer be in Congress. Um, but the fight is not over yet, because now the Democrats still need to beat uh, the new Republican challenger in a very conservative district. So um, a Steve King victory in this Republican primary would have actually made it much easier for the Democrats to win this seat. Now it is harder, but at least Steve King, a white supremacist, will no longer be in Congress. Moreover, Councilwoman Ella Jones of Ferguson, Missouri, has just become the first black and the first female mayor of Ferguson, Missouri, which is the town 
in North St. Louis County, where Michael Brown was murdered by police officer Darren Wilson in 2014. And now Ferguson has its first black mayor and first female mayor. Um, so congratulations to Miss Ella Jones. That is some very good news and some progress. It just shows your vote matters. She won with 54% of the vote in Ferguson. And so make sure you go and vote in those primaries. Uh, you get your absentee or your mail-in ballots and you vote in November. Oh, well, thank you for that. Oh, I already feel a little lighter, girl. Oh, Praise God. That good Praise news. her. Praise mm. her. Won't she do Won't it? she do it, Won't girl? Do Amen. It. <laughs> So with that, I'm so excited that we're then going to be able to get to, <laughs> so we're not going to have our enlightening shitty segment this time. We're actually going to prioritize our listener mail, y'all. Yay. We actually got some mail yes, to get through. Yes, we do. Uh, so some of these letters I've, I've been holding on to for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. Because, some of these bitches came yeah, in a few weeks ago. We're not going to lie. Yeah. You know, the revolution got in the way, y'all. We just had to, we could have, but. We, you know, we're taking this time to actually just have this moment to, you know, look at some fun emails that we got. Um, just a reminder, you can send in questions, comments, stories, anything messy to ask them, A-S-K-T-H-E-M at twosafequeens.com. You can also leave us a comment or question by voicemail at 323-438-2827. And no, we still don't have no voicemail message, but y'all bitches haven't left someone Girl, yet, make, so. a, make a goddamn voicemail message, bitch. <laughs> you make, you make okay. one. I don't even know how to log in any of that shit. <laughs> Make make I that message. You the log is. I sent you the girl, but we it, between a hundred different messages, so I got to scroll back up and girl, make that <laughs> message, okay? Thank you. As soon as we get one, when we get one voice message, I will make it. I'm gonna wait till we get one. We haven't gotten one okay, yet. Okay. Okay. So that they're encouraged. There, <laughs> be encouraged. Okay. Um, just leave, you can leave a voice message to be like, hey, I want y'all to make a voice message. <laughs> um. I might call that so, bitch. But, but, I might call that bitch. It disguise my voice <laughs> and tell your ass to make a message. So, okay, keep going with the emails, so, bitch. Tell us what the we girls get said. To the, um, so we we're gonna get to the emails first. I want to say I did get that comment from. I'm just gonna call her Kay, and I am gonna work on it, girl. Miss Kay was wondering if I could talk a little bit slower. I sometimes, when I get excited or just have a moment, I do sometimes talk a bit too um speedily so i'm gonna work on that girl i am trying oh, good good <laughs> but i want to say i did get i did i didn't want you to think i didn't hear your message but I thank you miss k whoever you are uh, okay. working on that and enunciating when i speak so good feedback so our first email is from someone that we'll call charles or charlie <laughs> okay so he at the email reads um I recently received an email from a condescending white queen, okay, a white gay man, um, asking for career support. This is someone who has been consistently nasty to me, hasn't spoken to me in years, um, <laughs> and a little bit of um, extra commentary, um, Charlie, as that um, their father was known for paying for their living expenses while they spent time in Paris. So she's lived a very privileged life. But apparently, Miss uh, Corona, Miss Rona has hit her a bit hard and she's looking for some career advice. And so she's reaching out. What do you think I should do? Mm, okay. And I think I think I'm pretty sure Miss Charlie is a black queen. herself. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay, so normally what I would tell you to do is to tell that raggedy, raggedy nepotism, low-achieving white bitch (laughs) to go fuck herself, right? (laughs) Normally that's what I would tell you to do. But 
uh, in the times of Corona, in the times of, you know, the uprising girl, because I don't, um, I would tell you just not to respond to that bitch. Like, pretend like you didn't mm. get it. And if that girl emails you again, pretend like you didn't get it one more time. Like, just, just don't reply to her. Like, don't, because your time is too valuable right now mm. to be replying to condescending white queens and giving them any kind of help. You know, even going to tell mm. them to go fuck themselves, that's, that's advice. And you don't have time for that's that. Still, that's still energy. It is. That's it really energy. is. And you got to keep your energy. You know, this is just not the time to be even, you know, even responding or even, you know, giving any little bit of your time to a girl like that. So fuck her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what, what Miss Maxine Waters say? Reclaiming Reclaim my, time. my goddamn reclaim time, bitch. My time. Reclaim my time. You know, so Thank reclaim you your time. time, Charlie, please. <laughs> so this second one, this one really, I think, is for you, Miss Devereaux. Uh-huh. So we're going to call this person. I'm going to call her Ricky the hoe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Ricky. I knew a asking... hoe named Ricky, though, too. I sure did. I knew a girl <laughs> who was a hoe. Her name was Ricky. But keep going, girl. <laughs> Maybe this is her. Okay. Maybe this is her. What does safer sex look like under Rona? So as we've been seeing, despite the revolution happening, states are still trying to open up and um, people are starting to get out there and go to brunch and go, well, the whites are going to brunch. The black people are going to march, but um, the bad whites are going the to The bad march. whites, but, yeah. Because uh, so, some of those whites um, are marching with us, girl. A lot of them actually. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, actually, there's quite a few because that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I saw it and see why I didn't took me a bit to get out there i was like y'all take some of this load because even when it gets bad y'all are still gonna like literally they will just push a white person aside but they will beat some black ass wait what kind Um, of load are you talking about girl take some of what kind of load? (laughs) some of the um (laughs) police brutality okay that kind of load (laughs) but i think ricky is talking about other types of um of of loads, girl. <laughs> loads. <laughs> so he's asking, what does safer sex look like under Rona? Is having sex with a mask on enough protection? I already think that's a no, but <laughs> I mean, what do you think I mean, safe sex looks. I'm like? becoming more progressive on this, girl. I'm trying to be. Oh, I'm yeah? trying to be enlightened. <laughs> I'm trying to be liberal. I'm trying to be, you know, um, a Bernie type of girl instead of a Joe Biden type of girl. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be like real progressive with this, but I will say this. I think you need to think about what your own risk is in terms of like, what does your household look like? So are you, are you staying with your 50 plus year old parents or do you visit Mm. your parents? Because I mean, I think if you have any interaction with anybody in your family, the answer is a no, like no sex. Right. But, um, if you are, you know, quarantining solo, you live in Los Angeles and your family lives in Chicago, right? So you're not mm. even seeing your elderly parents. Um, I would say, yeah. you know, that's a personal choice that you have to make. Um, so like, consider your personal health, right? Like, are you pre-diabetic or are you overweight or do you have asthma? Um, cause if any of those, if the answer to any of those questions is a yes, you probably shouldn't be having sex right now. Um, another thing is too, if you are really healthy, let's say you're a runner, let's say you are in good shape. Um, you know, studies have shown that the key time for a coronavirus exposure to get infected is about 15 minutes of being in the presence of somebody with coronavirus. So is that, is that sex going to last less than 15 minutes, girl? Like, I mean, (laughs) is he a one or two or three or four or five minute man? Like, is he... (laughs) <laughs> is he a quick one or are you a quick one you know that actually is to your be- <laughs> that's to your benefit in 2020 girl if you or him are both you know quick ones um 
Get it done. Get it in. Get it you out. No. So <laughs> under 15 minutes, I've heard, is reducing your risk versus more than 15 wow. minutes. So just a quick one in and out. Um, studies have shown. So no so no all-night marathon. Yeah, save that. Save for, that, uh, girl. Save that for 2020. <laughs> you know. Um, but also studies have shown that, you know, the coronavirus is present in semen. Um, so I think you need to be wrapping it up. Even if you're a prep girl, mm. even if you are an ARV girl. You know, mm. you got to be wrapping it up right now in 2020. Um, make sure you use lube instead of spit, okay? Because, uh, you know, some of us are spit girls. There's a few girls who, you know, who are spit girls. Um, and I would say... <laughs> I would say skip the kissing, skip the oral, which is going to be hard for some girls, and skip, and skip the rimming, which is going to be really hard for some girls. Um, and do, you can do some positions, do some positions where you aren't facing each other, like doggy or, you know, you can't cough in your face (laughs) or where you're both standing up and you know, he or you comes in from behind. So all of those could probably mitigate your risk if you are quarantining solo and you have decided that you want to take the risk of having sex, then try to have safer sex. Um, if you're quarantining with anyone, um, particularly with anyone older, like parents, aunts, grandparents, I would I, no sex right now. Just wait. Yeah, you not wait you it don't out. don't kill don't kill grandma for some dick for don't, some dick. Don't yeah, kill, no, that's fucked no. up. Don't do dick that shit. ass whatever it might be, whatever you know, vagina whatever <laughs> might be your preferred. Um, so then I'm curious, girl. Like, are you since you're getting so evolved? Are you going? to Oh no, you you can dabble? stop that question right there, girl. <laughs> I am. I am still quarantining. I'm still safe and filled and grow. Because I, I am not. Because I, I had a friend. So this isn't a. But I had a friend who. Um. They. They've been really good. So they are a whore. I'll just okay. say that they are. Um. <laughs> quite. Um. They. They enjoy themselves quite before the Rona. They enjoy themselves quite a lot and they've been really good like it's really been inspiring i really thought they wouldn't make it like a week or two and they've been good for months and but now they're like you know as it continues to go on it's like well am i literally gonna not do anything until 2021 so her idea was that she was gonna wait for the restaurants and bars to reopen personally i feel like you should give it a little bit longer yeah. after that because that's when people are really gonna exactly. be messy actually yeah and the numbers are gonna um, go up when the bars and restaurants open like your too, risk actually in, i'd rather that girl break quarantine now versus then i think her risk is really? a little less now than yeah. a few weeks from now to be to yeah. be honest yeah, I say either break. <laughs> oh, this is awful. Break it now, or wait for that second wave to hit, mm-hmm. or wait wait for that, and then and then like yeah, because honestly, it feels like that is that. Mo- well, actually, in some places, restaurants and bars are opening. Or maybe not. Yeah, I, I mean, like not open. not in the big. I mean, actually, in Michigan, they're going to open next week, so it's it's coming so up. Super, so this is like a small. I'm not gonna say the city, but it's 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 kind of like between a, it's a small city. Like it's not it's not in L. A. Oh, it's, not LA. it's a small city. So. Some of those small cities, they've already been open though. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, anyway yeah. I think that was good advice. That was good advice. Um, well, we're gonna pray for her. Um, Amen, girl. See how she. <laughs> yeah, let's pray for her. Hopefully, hopefully she makes it through with her um adventures. 
So this last one that I have is from uh, Miss Dana. So we actually have two questions here. Um, so I think we'll start with the first one. Okay. Um, okay. So Dana was wondering, uh, what do we think? Again, this is a little older, but actually I think probably still relevant. But what do we think about the news that a significant number of people who have been diagnosed with COVID have been staying at home? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I saw, so, I saw the New York governor actually talk about this. Um, and I think these people are full of shit. Like, I, I really, <laughs> it's possible that some of them, well, I'll say this. So wait, I, you're saying they, they haven't really been staying at home? Okay. So it's possible some of them are getting coughed on in the grocery store. Cause I know, I mean, a couple of times people cough near me at the grocery store. I, I still did not get the yeah. Rona. I will say that much, but most mm-hmm. likely they've been letting niggas into their houses. I, I really, I think, I think they have been like relatives, friends, uh, Dick, repairmen, whoever. I, I, <laughs> and they're, I feel like they're not distancing and wearing masks when they're letting people in their houses or like ventilating you know, opening windows and opening doors to the outside. If you do let someone in your house, I think, I think people are letting people in their house. I think that's how they're getting it. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that too, like it took me a minute to, when I got the question, it took me a minute to think about it. And I think that first part too, especially for older people who are maybe, maybe someone's coming over to help fix something or maybe someone's going to take help out with something or they are having a relative come over. I think that is what's happening. Um, and I also think that there are also some people who are like, especially from those baby, those baby boomers, we've already been talking. Those That's a messy generation. And I think, surprisingly, they are not, I think for us, their children, they're kind of, I think, putting, saying one thing and then actually doing another. I think they're saying they're like being good and not doing it. But I've heard of parents going to like dinner parties, eat cheese and wine nights, like with other parents oh. and stuff. And it's like, well... It's just not, and then like their kids are finding out late. Like here they are, they're t- they're twenty, their kids in their twenties and thirties haven't seen their friends in months. <laughs> their parents, <laughs> and their are old out. ass parents are out socializing, <laughs> having a good ass time. Yeah. And they're like, oh well, we we were only six feet apart from each other. You know, I mean, if you're gonna socialize, because the weather's getting warmer now too across the country, like. If you're going to socialize in that capacity, you need to be doing it outside for one. Yes. You know. Yes. Do it in the backyard. In the backyard. Exactly. Not in an enclosed space where the air is going to circulate. And I think, um, yeah, so, I mean, I can give you two instances how I think this can happen, too. Like, there are, I live in a building that has a lot of older people. I do. And um, there's one lady who's in her 80s. And I sometimes do a little, you know, grocery shopping for her when I'm out doing my own. And I leave her groceries at her front door. And then there's another lady who's like in her late 60s, early 70s, but she has MS. So she's immobile. Um, she has advanced MS. And she she can't put her own groceries in her fridge and whatnot. So I actually, I actually do have to go in her house. Um, I make sure she stays maybe like more than six feet away from me. And I usually have on like at least one if not two masks when I go in and I quickly put her stuff in her fridge and get out but imagine if I wasn't you know that diligent about it yeah she could I could very well give it to her so Mm -hmm. she but she doesn't have like she can't put the the fridge the groceries in the fridge herself so you know that's just a thing like I have to go in her house periodically Mm. and not often but I mean like once or twice a month so I see how it happens I really do yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, 
So our second question from Dana, I love this question, by the way, girl. Um, do you think, because this was this was off the back, we got this question around the same time that um, we had had our, uh, what was it, new sitcoms versus old sitcoms? Or like oh, black, yeah. Black sitcoms I love that episode. That's one of my favorite episodes we did so far. Yeah. Oh, that's nice to yeah. hear. Uh, <laughs> people, we get a lot of good comments uh, about that episode, too. People love it. Oh. They really do. That's good to hear. Yeah, we're definitely, we're going to, definitely the plan is, well, you know, I live in LA and I low-key am a lover of entertainment so i definitely want to have some entertainment girls on like i have a reporter friend who used to work for the la times and does a lot of work on media entertainment uh both black and black lgbt representation so i definitely want to get her on at one point we also have a mutual friend who's a um tv writer be great yeah i can't wait to have her on she's she's gonna be good she really is give us that inside dish she's written for a lot of good shows and she has a lot of good projects coming Mm -hmm. up so yeah, she's a fierce. She's, she's, fierce. Re- she's really fierce. So Dana's other question was when we were talking about shows that held up the test of time. Um, she was wondering because uh, at the time we had talked about shows like Family Matters and then like Living Single and The Cosby Show. What what held, holds up? Um, what will held up going forward? Thinking about like Insecure and thinking about um, Blackish. So she was wondering if The Game and Girlfriends stood the test of time. And I thought that was interesting that she said both The Game and Girlfriends because they're both by. Um, Mara Mara Brockakio, yeah, Um, because the first it was first it was girlfriends, and the game was actually a spinoff of girlfriends, which I think I knew back in the day, but I forgot. Um, Like Mel, Mel, who's like the the main lead of the game, is apparently um, Joan Joan's cousin. Oh, um, that's that's Tiamari's part, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is the one who's not on the room. Yeah, (laughs) because I literally was like, which one? The black twin, not the white one. The black one. Oh, no. I mean, that's what people say. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying. And for those of you who don't know, people say that because the one twin who's on the reel is married to a white man who actually is a bit conservative. She's kind of they're kind of yeah. She, they're kind of conservative, yeah. and she her yeah. man was a reporter on Fox News for a long time. Now I think he's quit. I think he's quit to his mm. credit. But mm. they usually say the black twin and the white twin. I, I like them both. I watch the reel sometimes. <laughs> I, and she, and I feel like she, she gets, she's pretty black on there. Yeah, the she's pretty she black, black on there. there. Blacker now. But she has some moments. She has some moments where she's a little tries to be a little post racial. We're like, girl. She's better in the Trump there. era than she was in the Obama era. I'll say that because <laughs> in the Obama era and when there was a lot like, of girls were a lot of girls were yeah, they forgot themselves. They forgot themselves, and she used to. <laughs> she was like she was almost defending Mitt Romney, and like after Obama Ooh. and Romney had a a debate or something, and she like. She was trying to play, be one of those both sides girls that we like to talk about all the time. Oh, both sides. Uh, girls, but getting back to the sides. topic, the game, <laughs> the game um... versus girlfriend. What holds okay. up? Okay. So I, I, I went back and watched a bit of both. Actually. Oh, good. Um. So, um. I have definitely a viewpoint. Okay. Share curious, yours first. Share pretty, yours first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I think the game doesn't hold up as well. Okay. I, I agree. Think the game is. I cute. agree. Yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> Uh, like there are some moments in the game that I, in some part, some part of my mind, some part of my black lexicon, I remembered, but then it wasn't until I rewatched, like the moment when Mel finds out that Derwin cheats on her, bitch. Oh, that's a moment. Like that's the blackest moment. That's the blackest Mel has ever yeah. been. Because for the most part, in the beginning of this, do you remember that moment when she? There, yeah, she I finds do out? remember that moment. I do. Ugh. And then and they're like fighting in front of the club. And then he ends up. Ugh. Remember, he ends up having a, a baby with that lady. So too, if you remember. Well, well, actually, I I think if I got it right, he turns out she says she's pregnant by him. Turns out to not be true. 
But I think there's actually when they still end up breaking up, he has sex with someone else oh. and ends up having another, basically having a real baby with someone else. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, so I haven't I watched that, that show in a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, no worries. Because I literally, I, I would not have remembered this if I, unless I, okay, I did spend some time. Like, thanks, thanks Dana, girl. I went back and spent some time with the game. Because uh, there's also, who's my, Miss Tasha? Miss Tasha, you remember? Who oh, was, yeah, um, Wendy. Malik's mom? Yeah. Wendy, um, I, love I love her. her. Yeah, she's she's on Insecure. I think she's playing. Um, I think she's um, Issa's she's mom Issa's on mom on Insecure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. Oh, black. They I got Kim Fields in on Insecure in the last episode too, or the like a hot the episode minute. before. It was the episode before. I thought they were. It was a. It was a Molly. It was Molly's. Um, yeah, we're, don't worry. We're gonna talk. Yeah, about we'll talk about it later. But I was happy to see um, her get another check was, since you know. Yeah, she was on Real Housewives of Atlanta for a minute, and she was too good for that show, so she they kicked her off. <laughs> and um, but it was good to see her getting act getting an acting check. I was happy. I love her. it. Yeah. I wish they had used her more. That this was episode where Molly was on vacation with Asian Bay, but still happy she got that check. But the game, I think the game. It's not bad. I just think it's not... It's not timeless is the issue. It's not timeless. Yeah. It's not timeless. Like, there's moments where, like, yeah, that big fight. Like, there's just stuff where... I think, ultimately, because it came after Girlfriends, there's stuff that just isn't revolutionary that, at the time, what Girlfriends did was so revolutionary. Exactly. Like, to be talking about infidelity, to talk about, you know, different types of blackness and performance and, like, interracial relationships. And actually, that stuff... The game came after Girlfriends. Um, and, like, that's what I think... Um, like really, also going back, like I had some funny moments at the game. Definitely for laughing, sure, but but it, it gives you family matters tea. The game does like it's still it's like <laughs> oh, yeah. cheesy. It's not as slapstick or cheesy. Yeah, but I'll give you that. It's like ten years later version of of cheesy and slapstick to me. It wasn't as cheesy as nineties tea, but it's still yeah. cheesy to me. I guess I um I actually did see an episode of the game recently with one of the later ones where Brandy was on there. Um, oh oh i do remember yeah, that. brandy yes. replaced yeah. like ba- she basically re- replaced tia maori's character yeah because she left after what like five or six seasons I think? yeah so. and so i remember when they did like the relaunch of the show mm-hmm. um two i think but actually i think brandy was on before the i don't even know anymore that show is irrelevant to me right now i think um i think girlfriends is the one that stands the test of time for yes. sure and i think yes. girlfriends there's an episode of girlfriends i will never forget um and I oh which one yeah, is this I wasn't even a big girlfriend's watcher but I appreciate it and one of them um it dealt with um okay so um so what's um uh, Miss Ross uh Tracy Ellis Ross what's her character's name again Joan Joan okay so Joan had dated a guy in college um and you know and all those girls they were all friends in college or at least three out of four of them I think were friends with each yeah. other yeah so to- Tony she's known him since she was a kid um uh Lynn she met in college and then Maya she met when she was working as a lawyer okay because Maya was her assistant so two of them are friends in college and I guess they had another friend in college and Joan was dating a guy and this other friend who's not one of the four main characters um she actually I guess stole this guy from Joan. And mm. so it's interesting because that woman comes back into their lives and she's in an episode where she actually had married that guy, that college boyfriend of Jones that she had stolen from John. She married him mm. and um, she comes back and she's divorced from that guy. They're not together anymore. And she tells oh. she tells Joan and the girls that she has HIV um at the time and that the guy that joan had you know that joan had been dating in college that she stole from joan turned out to be gay 
Wow. And um, did you do you remember that episode, girl, or no? You know what? I don't remember that. So that, cause, but I do remember there's this great, if you really want to see how Girlfriends is timeless, Charlemagne. God, I feel like we've been talking about Charlemagne so much. Maybe we do need to like go on the bre- <laughs> get the Breakfast Club endorsement. But Charlemagne did this really great interview with the Girlfriends cast and talked about how they were so monumental so revolutionary for doing things about talking about weaves and class and abortion and relationships between women, specifically black women, but also talking about that HIV, like that, that kind of conversation wasn't something you would see on a major TV network. Yeah. Um, So I didn't remember that. But yeah, no, that, that episode was really interesting because they were all, they all had dinner. I guess Joan was really resentful of her. So she didn't even really want initially. Joan's that girl though. Joan is so. But I mean the girl, the, the bitch took Joan's her man petty. though. Joan's the bitch petty. took her man. Like let's keep it girl real. Girl in college. I mean. How many... Well, you were real. I, I w- yeah, you were pre- protective of your college <laughs> man. Anyway. Oh, you going to go there? <laughs> yeah, girl. I had to fight bitches off for that man. I'm going to leave it there. I had to fight bitches off for that man. You know, and you know. Oh, I had to fight off for two different hoes to get that man. So. You already know what I went through with that. But yeah, I am that type oh, of girl. God. I am that type of girl. So anyway. So, Joan was petty. So Joan was petty at first. And then because, but then she came around to her and then the girl ended up, you know, they were doing dishes and the girl was like loading or unloading the dishwasher. And she, oh, she got a cut. She cut her hand on one of the knives. They love to do oh. that. It's like a little cut. <gasps> and the girls all jumped back when she got her mm, cut. And she called them out on, like, she, she called them out. And so it was, it was kind of, it was timely, you know? I just thought it was a really, that was a great episode of Girlfriends, for sure. As someone who didn't even really watch that many episodes of it, I, I was just so impressed by that, how they handled it. So I think I watched more of the early episodes. And I think for me, Girlfriends, I think early on, I was a little on the fence about Girlfriends, weirdly enough, because of like Maya's character. Because early on, Maya was really, they really went heavy with the Hood character. And if you meet the, um, oh my God, I'm blanking the name of the actress who plays Maya. I'm blanking her name right now. But she's not that, t- she's not anything like Maya, actually, in real life. Um, but they almost, she is a little bit of a caricature, but she kind of grows out of it. Because they were trying to be like, oh, this Hood girl works in this law, sh- you know, law firm, da da da. And it, it just hit a bit, think a bit rough, um, but it gets a lot better. Um, and just honestly, the thing that holds oh, up Golden Brooks, their... Golden Brooks, Gold... oh, she I was so beautiful Golden. too. I love her name. Oh, and I thought I always thought is, she was so pretty. Is. Yeah, I'm sure she is yeah. really pretty. Yeah, because I mean, this Charlemagne interview is like I think from like a year or so ago, and like even in the interview, Tracy Ellis Ross talks about how she feels that the show is timeless. That they still like, I think they had some like somewhere in Africa they had like a rewatch I don't know if it was Nigeria or somewhere like that and people knew the show like it's just you didn't see have shows at the time where you saw four black women even now I mean because Living Single that was you had men on that like and yes it was very much you know dominant or it was focused on those black women but it's still you did have men on Living Single at the center of it um but even today there's not anything like girlfriends and i think that's what makes it so special is that it it really stood out um and it was a show that wasn't about explaining it was like we're talking to ourselves and like we're not you know we're not gonna have like a white girlfriend we're not gonna have someone kind of come in on this and like maybe for an episode or two but like you know and of course tony had her moment where she had a white man um which again seeing interracial relationship yeah um that was you know that was that was i mean somewhat ground groundbreaking at that at least mm-hmm. a black woman and a white man you know that's something we didn't see all yeah. the time right so and also just tony being very you know tony was oh tony was tony was a mess um, yeah but even with tony you know 
Joan went to therapy over Tony. Like there's, you know, conversation about therapy in the black community, which we know is a thing that a lot of our community struggles with. Like Joan went to therapy and even encouraged Tony to go to therapy. Like there was some good mental health conversations. Um, now in terms of how girlfriends ended, so I fell off it partly, I think when it, when kind of UPN kind of went away and it got started to become CW, Mm -hmm. um, and that, and it was clear, like, especially from this interview and even then, like they moved girlfriends to like Sunday night, like it was just a random weekend that they moved to to weekend night. And I think it started to like have some trouble then. And also what happened, and you can still, if you watch this interview is really fast because apparently this is the first time they've all been together in like years. And I thought, so basically Tony left the show. That's what happened. Okay, and I always thought that she left like at season six or so, and she left after there was this big moment where her she was basically having custody issues because she wasn't a great mother in the beginning. To be honest, she didn't really want to. Have she didn't a want kid. to have a so kid. So that's why I remember that. Yeah. So there was that abortion. Yeah. That was part of that abortion conversation that even came up. But she did have it, and she had it with her um, white man Todd. And ultimately, she's ha- she has some fumbles. But so she, so Todd basically going to asshole moment, basically wanted to like take away custody of her child. And so she needed people to kind of come to the court to kind of speak on her behalf. And of course, Maya was there, Lynn was there, and Joan was supposed to be there. And Joan was supposed to be her main character witness. And at the time, I think Joan had opened a restaurant with um, William, um, who was like her best friend, um, from, you know, the other lawyer from the show. And she had kind of become a bit of like a little mini celebrity, like a local celebrity in Hollywood. Because I think it took place in like L.A. Or, I think yeah, so. I think they, they did live in um, L.A. They did. Yeah, they were in L.A. Yeah. And basically she got really trashed and she missed it. But then they were supposed to have some sort of reconciliation or just have some moment of like where the story would go. But that was the last episode of that season. And actually after that, Tony's character left the show. And... I always thought that maybe she had let them know, but in the interview with Charlamagne, it came out that she basically didn't even tell the other girl she was leaving. Oh. She basically just like told the network and then left. So she's a messy and girl, like, just like her character was. She's like kind of, yeah. and I think, and it was interesting because Charlamagne was like, "Do you regret leaving?" And because partly she was like, you know, they had started this show when they were like in their like early mid twenties. Like it was. It was taking so much of their time. It was like her first big gig and she wanted to do other things. And so she's like, I don't regret leaving, but I regret the way I left. And I think you can even feel that like, even from Joan, like there's like, all right, Joan (laughs) from Tracy Ellis Ross is a little bit of like, I don't know. Cause Charmaine kept trying to hammer home. Are we going to get a reunion? Are we going to get a reunion? I don't think we're going to get a reunion. Cause I think they're like, I don't know that they fully recover. Like this interview, I think is their first time even talking about her leaving the show. I don't know that that's fully put everything to rest. Um, but it's it's a really fascinating interview to watch. Um, so I think yeah, girlfriends is worth going back and looking at. The other thing I wanted to say about it before we let it go is like this is really cool. Um, I always wondered why Kelsey Grammer was involved with the show. Did you ever wonder about? I that? always wondered that. Always when I see his name so, on the credits, I'm like, what the fuck? Like so, and I thought it was just you like, know he's oh, a Republican just... too. Like so, it's so weird. Oh, this is gonna make it even worse because yeah. apparently he went out of his way at the time to say that he wanted a show about the black woman experience. Like, that's why that happened. Like, oh. basically, the Marbaka Kill basically got UP, like, got UP's entrance, but she needed to find a production company. And, like, Kelsey Grammer was looking for, like, he was basically very clear when I want to show about black women. Oh, wow. And that's how, and he, co- and he also, he's also a producer on the game. So, yeah. like, that's how that happened. Like, 
without their support, I don't know the girl without his support, I don't know the girlfriends would have happened. So it's so weird though, because like in real life he's trash, like and he's a Republican and the way he Ugh. did now you don't watch Real House of Beverly Real Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but the way he did what his is wife Grabber had to do with Well he the oh, way, his for, wife was on there for, and he, he the way he did her was so dirty. Oh my god. Oh, so girl, you know, white men white men what, white men what they do. do, yeah. It's true. So how did he do her? Um, well, like, he, he basically had, he was living in New York on Broadway while she was in LA raising their kids. But of course he had a whole nother woman in in New York that he ended up getting pregnant. So I get it. It was a lot. lot. Messy. Oh, well, I think that'll bring us to the end for our emails. Um, thank you as always for everyone who wrote in. Sorry, it took us a bit to get to it. We will get to them, uh, when you do write in more quickly, um, Again, you can send questions, comments, anything you want to ask them, A-S-K-T-H-E-M at 2SaveQueens.com or leave us a message at 323-438-2827. And with that, we're at the end of our show. It's time for our thoughts and prayers. So I know I have some thoughts and I think you missed ever have some prayers. Yeah. Check if you also have some thoughts. No, I just, you, I just got some prayers. prayers. I just got some prayers. Okay, so, so give us your thoughts, girl. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'll get my thoughts real quick. And it's real short and to the point. Um, Obviously, we're in this moment. Revolution. And it has now, surprisingly, it is wild to see that it's almost become... It's almost become it's it's now become a necessary thing for you to in a, in a good way I think but there's complications to it to say that you stand you are for black people you are for your black employees you are for the black community that to say black lives matter to make that clear now I think where it has kind of become a little bit messier muddier is when we are now in a corporate world and corporations are making those statements at the same time that they themselves do not actually embody those values, whether that is in terms of their leadership, in terms of, you know, having all white boards, in terms of their employees that they do have not being able to move up, which happens at all companies, especially in the top, you know, 500 um, companies, whether it happens in the way that they have treated people in the past and then apologize. Like one example, L'Oreal, like L'Oreal saying Black Lives Matters when it was less than a couple, maybe three or four, oh God, time. A couple years ago, you um, fired a black trans woman for speaking on the Charlottesville attack. She was a British woman. She spoke on the fact that in Charlottesville, where a white supremacist killed someone, where they were, Basically, you know, there people were protesting and these white supremacists has shown up. She spoke on the fact that white supremacy is real. There can be white people or white supremacists. And she's openly fired for it. And now, two or three years later, here you are saying Black Lives Matter as if we don't remember that. Um, I mean, talk, you can also talk about Amazon. Talk about these companies like Amazon and, well, Facebook. Is Girl, the NFL, the NFL had the nerve to release a black lives matter so nfl nfl is a good nfl that one (laughs) that one that one colin kaepernick where's his team like don't don't like what are you talking like amazon thinking about these tech companies who are all doing it and all these silicon valley companies while at the same time you are using face matching technology you are letting police use technology to id black people and black protesters that is antithetical to saying that you are for black lives. Or, I mean, some of them have no movement. black people on their boards, on their corporate boards. Yes. You know yes, that, too, yeah. like for these major companies. Um, and I think most of us are 
most black people are discerning to know that but i think it's also about holding them accountable and saying that your words and especially as we go into pride month and once again now companies are going to start waving their rainbow flags and waving this and that while at the same time donating to both parties which do not treat lgbt people the same that do not support our equal rights um that sometimes do things globally that hurt our community um that we don't need to hold these companies and these corporations accountable whether it comes to being lgbt or whether it comes to being black or whether it comes to both of those communities um and to not just let them get away with a nice hashtag and a nice photo op and yes it's nice that some of them are donating i appreciate that but even that okay you're giving money but you also can give money to a lot of other places like then how about you don't give money to the republicans this year how about you don't give money to um you know divest yourselves of this support so i just wanted to ask more from them Um, definitely definitely i agree with those thoughts girl that i appreciate that i really do and um i just want to offer some prayers though too because Mm. I I really want to pray for all the black people killed by either police or white vigilantes throughout the country whose names haven't become household names or whose stories have not yet been told. So, you know, Mm. some of these include a disabled entrepreneur and pillar of the community in Louisville, Kentucky. His name was David McAtee, Mm. who was shot by police. Um, We don't the same place that Brianna, um, Brianna Taylor was. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, thankfully, the the police chief has been uh, terminated there, but. I mean, the same city and just within a few months of each other. So that was really tragic. That story has just hit the news in the last few days. Um, There's also 22-year-old James Skurlock of Omaha, Nebraska, Mm. uh, who was actually a father of a young daughter. And he was killed by a white vigilante um, bar owner there in Omaha. And so, Mm. you know, um, during the protests. um, Additionally, there's been 38-year-old trans man Tony McDade of Tallahassee, Florida, um, mm. was killed by police uh, there. And then 27-year-old Laylene Polanco of New York, a transgender woman who died um, at Rikers Island. She was also known as Laylene Extravaganza. She was uh, a part of, she was in the ballroom scene. She was part of the House of Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really mourn her because essentially she died in Rikers without proper care for a medical condition. I believe it was ep- epilepsy, mm. but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not her mm-hmm. life mattered. Her life mattered. Um, mm-hmm. along with 18 year old hip hop artist, Nia Wilson of Oakland, California, oh, who died that one. in 2018 on the BART train, uh, killed, stabbed by white supremacists. So, mm. um, I just want to, I want to pray for all these, these black lives and these black names that haven't been memorialized properly. Um, and just so we know that the story you know, that this, these stories um, may have ended here on Earth, but their legacy continues, right? We need to mm-hmm. honor them when we think about George Floyd, when we fight for George Floyd. We're not just fighting for George Floyd, um, although fighting for George Floyd and making sure he gets justice is incredibly important, but we're fighting for all of these people, too, um, mm-hmm. in our fight to reform police culture and reform um, and to fight on behalf of black lives. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean... Nothing to add there, girl. You did that. Amen. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> oh, well, that's our show. Y'all stay safe. Stay safe. Stay healthy out there. Um, take care if you do decide to go to marches, go to protests. Again, that's just one way of being involved with um, this work. There's so many different ways. Um, and take care if you get on but... jacked or in gruff or scruff <laughs> or a grinder too. Take care there too. So the protest and the bedroom. Take care in both places, please. 
please. <laughs> Is that what you're gonna leave the girls with? Yeah, let's leave it. <laughs> let's leave it there, girl. All right. Thanks, y'all. All right. Bye. Bye.